And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! We are getting ready for another Jets primetime game. It's crazy how often this team is getting featured by the NFL. Obviously, that's all because of Aaron Rodgers. Unfortunately, it's bad news for Zach Wilson because all eyes will be on him again Sunday night as the Jets take on the Raiders on the strip in Vegas. We're going to get you ready. Zach has not left for, but he didn't leave early to get some gambling before, uh, <laughs> before the game. He is still in New Jersey, but he'll be heading to Las Vegas for the game. I'm Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt. Thanks for checking out the Can't Wait podcast. Happy to have you here either streaming live on YouTube right now. Get your uh, voice heard in the comments section. Or if you're checking out the audio version, uh, give us great reviews wherever you are listening. Um, you looking forward to Vegas, Zach? What? I, you know, yeah. yeah. I'll say this about Vegas. If you would ask me like when I was 15 years old, how many times in your life do you think you'll end up going to Las Vegas? I probably would have <laughs> said like once, yeah. twice. But like because of when you work in sports, yeah, especially now that they have teams, but like I feel like I've been there like four years in a row because like the NBA summer leagues there and we go there, you know, mm. as the athletic and the baseball winter meetings were there three years ago. I was there for that. Like it's like I've been there much more for work than for pleasure. Oh, me too. I used, cause I used to cover Arizona basketball and they were in the they're playing Duke tonight, by the way, having the Arizona hat on. Um uh I used to cover the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas every year. Um, and then combined that with going when I was 21, going a couple other times. I lived in Arizona, so it's a lot easier to get there. Um, so I've probably been there 10 times. This is the first time in, in like five years. Um, as Taylor Delgado, Arizona fellow Arizona uh, alum said, Vegas is a weird town, man. It really, like, especially yeah. the first time you go there, it's like very, like the lights are cool and it's very overwhelming. But like when you're walking through the streets of Vegas, it's so weird. There's all those guys who are just like, flicking those little naked girls to you cards and just like walking around, flicking them, flicking them, flicking them. I always wonder if anybody ever actually takes them from those guys. I'm sure people do. Um, it's where they you didn't, for they wouldn't stuff. be doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and just like all the, all the like drivers waiting to take you to like a strip club and stuff. Like there's like the seedy underbelly of Vegas that just like right beneath the surface, like, you know, not to go too darker in the weeds, but <laughs> You're <getting> I, darker. <laughs> um, I, uh, it, the Pactal tournament used to be at the MGM Grand, so I, I stayed there a few times. And the games are obviously go late because it's the West Coast Pac-12 after dark stuff. Um, and so, like, I think one time I was out with some other Pac-12 reporters. We get back uh, to MGM. I like, you know, nothing closes in Vegas, so we're there at probably 3 or 4 a.m. And just in the lobby, you just see, uh, you know, ladies who have a uh, nighttime profession, I would say <laughs> just strolling through the casino. And one of, one of the reporters like waved to somebody that he knew like down, down that way. And in between them was one of those ladies. And they th and she thought, she thought he was waving to her <laughs> and it was like, 
<laughs> you, when, as you mentioned, when you're a kid, you think you go to Vegas sometime. Like, you never expect to be in a situation where you're talking to somebody like that. At least I've never. Um, so it was it, that. That just like summed up Vegas for me. But Vegas is fun. It's way overpriced. Very expensive. Uh, we live in New York, though, so it's not. We live in New York, but it's more expensive. It's more expensive than New York, though. Like it is. It like is. getting it because everyone's on vacation, yeah. and you don't mind getting, spending. Unless you're gambling, when you get free drinks, like buying an an alcoholic beverage is like very expensive. So, like when you're younger, what you do is you buy the booze at like CVS there, and then you put it in your hotel room and you drink in there, and then you go to whatever you're gonna do. I will say one one thing that is fun, and I've I've only done it once or twice. You go to like the old old Vegas, like the and, and everything's cheaper there. Um, Anyway, this is a nice long sidetrack about Vegas where we started talking about some fun things. But, you know, when things are depressing, Jets wise, this what we, you're on mute, by the way, Tim. Yeah. Every yeah. time I, um, most of my trips there, you end up staying at one of the casinos, right? Especially if it's for work because the work thing is at the casino or whatever. But when we were there for Summer League this year, um, we stayed at the Vidara, which is like next to the Aria. It's like the Aria's sister hotel, but it's not a casino. Mm. It was fantastic. It's just like a regular hotel. And, you walk in and it's a lobby. There's like uh, a little cafe with food. Nice. There's a oh, coffee like, shop yeah. and there's an elevator. That That's Amazing. it. There's, there's no like there noise and like pumped in oxygen and ding, 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 ding. I, I, even, th- it was great. I even think about when I first went – it was bef- like the first times I went or actually probably every time I went because sports betting online has been more in the last five years. Uh, there was like sports betting was only like at the sports book in Vegas. And I remember right. how like cool I felt like placing a, you know, yeah. a bet a game. Now I'm like doing like 10 part parlays in NBA games. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, like, like, like in like game, like the first time you play blackjack, if you're not experienced, it's like very intimidating because if you do the wrong thing, everybody at the table flips out at you. Now I love blackjack. Don't know how to play. Um, craps i still have not learned that uh, roulette is a fun game you don't have great odds but it's a great feeling when you win uh, but anyway there's our little vegas sidetrack for you guys yeah let's get into the jets um the the, the difference with blackjack is when you real when you're the guy that gets mad that's when you know you yeah that's how you know you're, you're like and it feels a better feeling because then you're like oh i kind of know what's going on now it's yeah, great yeah yeah all right let's move into the jets we're gonna so we're gonna talk about um some comments from the week we're gonna make some predictions for the second half zach uh has an article up about predictions for the second half of the season we're not gonna go into all of them if you want all of them check his story out on the athletic but we'll get into some of them uh we'll predict this game we'll do our picks as well but let's start with kind of news and notes and what they're saying um i guess we'll start with the biggest one zach as far as like what got taken up on twitter you posted this on twitter people were not happy about it offensive line coach keith carter said yesterday the jets wanted to put billy turner at right tackle last week and max mitchell at right guard because turner had some past experience blocking khalil mack it that didn't go well it didn't go well for turner and it didn't go well yeah yes it went worse for turner than carter i would say um yeah you know i i get his point and what wasn't said there and probably should be stated is that like, they didn't have many other options. It was either you have Max Mitchell out there playing against him. Um, or you have Billy Turner. Cause if, and if you have Max Mitchell out there, then you're probably playing like Xavier Newman at guard. And for as like fun as that story was a couple weeks ago, I don't think he played like amazing. And that was a, the chargers had some talented pass rushers and, um, it didn't work. Obviously Billy Turner is not very good and he hurt his hand and he's not going to play anymore this week at least. I don't, it seems like it might be a long-term injury, but 
Um, he will not play this week. I don't really have a good feel for who's going to play right tackle. I, if I had to guess, I would say Max goes to the right tackle and maybe they put Xavier Newman at guard. Another option is Dennis Kelly at tackle. He's a veteran. Um, but they kept him a healthy scratch last week and, and Carter Warren was active and he's a rookie who's never played before. So um, not, there's no great solutions and it's scary with Max Crosby coming to town. But yeah, you know, I, I guess you kind of understand their logic to a degree, but I I don't know that any fan wants to see Billy Turner out there anymore. Uh, I don't well, think it's like, okay, week. he's played against Mac, but like that doesn't mean he can, if anything, maybe that makes Mac more excited, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like already, I know I've already I, beaten this guy when he was in. I mean, and we saw what happened. I mean, and that, I was just talking about it on, I just was just interviewed for a different, in, uh, for like a radio show earlier. And, um, I, they were asking about like what they do to Mac for Max. We'll get into that later, but like I, I, it seems like Hackett hasn't like given these tackles a lot of help a lot of the times, which I never really understood. And I don't think Billy Turner got enough help last week. I don't know if that mattered anyway, but um, uh, yeah, the, the you know that was the biggest issue on the O line last week. I do think the sacks and like pressures, like it's it's a complicated stat because I think sometimes it's only put on the O-line when it can be the quarterback's fault or vice versa. So it's complex. I think last week, a lot of it was Zach, but um, Billy Turner, a lot of the problems on the O-line stemmed from Billy Turner at right tackle. So you hope Max Mitchell, if he's right tackle, can do a little better this week, but it's not an easy task in front of them. This is a good question through the chat from <clears throat> Giordano. If you had to make a pie chart on what needs to be fixed for the offense, what's the percentage of Zach mm. play calling and offensive like line? Yeah, man, that's really good. Um, I think play, play calling is honestly pretty high up there. Uh, I'd say, hmm, needs to fix. Like, fix Zach just needs to like be better than he was. So I don't know, like, like forty percent Zach, thirty forty uh, percent play calling, twenty percent O line. Okay, all right. So you're giving O line a little, a little Fair more. Enough leeway because they're they're in a really tough spot think about like all the injuries they've had like it's it's bad luck and the guys that they're playing they did invest in but like they've had really really bad luck on the o-line so um i will say one thing that i didn't tweet out about uh that what carter said which kind of made me laugh when he said it like he was being asked about like you know how he's had to do this shuffle on the o-line and how crazy it's been and and uh somebody asked like you know the two guys that have like been there every week are lake and tomlinson and mckay beckton and and he's like, you know, and he's like, so he's like, so he's asked, like, how do you handle it as Dwayne Brown comes back? He's like, oh, you know, it's a great question. Uh, you know, I sometimes I, I just wish these two guys, one of these two guys would say they don't want to move so we can have something like locked in. And so we don't have to like change everything up into my head. I'm like, I mean, Mekhi Becton has said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think he realized what I, I get what he was trying to say. Like um, they've been so stable that like. I wish they would just say we're not going to move, so I don't have to like deal with doing that or something like that. Like, but it was just funny because Mikai Becton, if anybody is willing to say they don't want to move, it's him. He he had Mikai last week when he spoke to us did have like good quotes about like I just want to play. It's yeah. pretty clear he does not yeah, want to play right tackle. That, yeah. yeah, like he was explaining like all the challenges of moving over there. But Dwayne Brown's never played right tackle. Like if Dwayne Brown's starting again, he's not going to be at right tackle, is my opinion. So, um, so another quote. Um, Aaron Rodgers was on McAfee this week, mm. um, had some honest thoughts about the the offense. Basically, he said, we're just not doing our part. Interesting that he says, we're just not doing our part. Like, I actually yeah. find that 
nice to hear. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's including himself. He's taking part of, part of the blame, even though he's obviously yeah. not. But it, it shows you that he's still, and we know it because he's there for every game. But like, he's still locked in and part of this because he's saying we um, when he's obviously not part of the official on the field problem right now. He's a big part of the problem in being hurt. But yeah, yeah. Part how of the dare problem it, How dare actually it. being on the field? <laughs> um, but we can always count on Aaron to be honest. Every Tuesday on McAfee. <laughs> Although I, as as I expected, it would happen. I think we talked about this. His whole Derwin James exchange. He acted surprised that the cameras were there or whatever. And I'm right. like, you knew that they were there, buddy. Come on. Um, it wasn't even yeah. a crowd. It was just yeah. Fine. Yeah, and the post game handshake always has like mics and cameras mm-hmm. over there. That's like the NFL films thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, you know, this kind of, I, I don't know if you were going to bring up any other, any like Hackett quotes, but like he, he also talked yesterday. No, no, I, I didn't have yeah. any Hackett quotes. So yeah, go for he, it. he talked yesterday. He kind of has been, he was, we grilled him pretty good, I think. Um, and he's saying a lot of the same stuff that Jets fans have been hearing for years, but especially since Zach Wilson has been quarterback. Like, it's not all on Zach. It's, it's everybody doing their job. We need to be better. Uh, um, it's embarrassing. Like all the, like there, but we haven't seen any evidence that they're going <laughs> to fix it yet. So I, uh, there's a lot of angles to why the offense has been bad. Um, I think the most alarming thing for me uh, has been the the beginning of the game. I think we've talked about this a little, like the scripted plays are supposed to be like your best plays. You work on them all week. It's the first 15 plays of the game. I don't think they've scored on the first drive this season. And Brian Costello from the post, give him credit for this. So Brees Hall in the very first play of the season, if you remember, had a 24 yard run, I believe. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt a few plays later. What would be your guess of how many rushing yards the Jets have had on the, including that run that the Jets have had on the first drive this season? Rushing he had yards. 24 on that run. He had 24 on the first one. 44. They had 25 rushing yards on the first drive this season. All and 24 of them were on that play. Yes, well, they've had because they've had some negative rushes. So, <laughs> oh, right. But still, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And we're in week 10. So, like, that is alarming. And the fact that they're just not ready when they come out for these games on offenses, that's why they're on holes every week. They went to a 14 and 0 hole last week. A lot of that was the Garrett Wilson fumble and the punt return touchdown. But all of a sudden, you know, they, they went from being able to come back from these games. All of a sudden that feels insurmountable with the way this offense is. So, yeah. and it, it's just crazy. And we're going on, I'm going on sidetrack here and we've talked about this stuff at nauseum, but um, they literally have the worst, red zone offense and worst third down offense in the league. It's not even close. It's like historically bad, like in terms of the jets. So they, they should not even be four and four, frankly, if you just look at the pure numbers, but the defense has been that good. So Hackett has a lot of pressure on him right now. I don't know if he has pressure in terms of job security. It seems like, you know, Rogers, as long as he's talking about coming back, Hackett's probably safe, but Hackett has not done his job certainly. And I know a lot of people, there's like a weird contingent, of like half like who wants Zach out of here no matter what and and half that are like it's not all Zach's fault stop blaming Zach for everything I think the quarterback is the head of the snake as Robert the quarter as Salah has said in the past and and as Salah said the other everybody's always trying to blame the offensive coordinator and quarterback well yeah they're the ones kind of running the show and when it's this bad it starts there and and if the court if the quarterback was better and the OC was better then the other stuff would probably be better too the quote that stood out from Salah this week to me was, there's only so many things the quarterback has control over. He said that. <laughs> yeah, That's true, but the quarterback has, has control over more things than anyone else on the yes. field. 
So yeah, yeah exactly. he doesn't and have and everything, but he's the most important. And that's the, and that's the whole point. Like they can keep trying to like say, oh, we shoot ourselves in the foot. Oh, there's a lot of other reasons why things aren't. Yeah, but it starts with the quarterback being bad. He's the point guard. He's the whatever. All the cliches Robert Sala uses. He's the head of the snake. If the quarterback is bad. Everything around him is probably not going to be good either. If the quarterback is good and stuff around him is still going bad, then you can like question it. Like you look at like a Joe Burrow. He had the worst offensive line in the league when they went to the Super Bowl. Like good quarterbacks overcome it. And Zach Wilson is clearly not good. So um, I don't know if Tim Boyle is good or Trevor Simeon either, but um, I'm sure we're going to get into the quarterback thing. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, whatever they're doing is not working. I don't know if they've revamped anything in practice this week, uh, but I know people in the building are not happy uh, about the direction of the offense right now. So um, yeah. I mean, it'd be shocking if they, they were exactly. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's make some predictions. and or, These are your predictions, Zach. I'm yeah, not taking yeah. any credit for these. These are in your story. But um, I picked out five of the ten that you have in the story. Again, check it out. There's, there's some good stuff in there. Um, let's start with the one that surprised me the most when I read it and it was your number one prediction, which was Zach Wilson will be benched. And you even added to it to that, that it'll either happen during this game against the Raiders or afterwards. That's pretty, that's pretty bold. Just considering the messaging that they continue. It's not bold considering how Zach's played exactly what this team needs, but it is bold considering who's behind him and what Salah keeps saying. Yeah. I, I think there's a part of it where I think Salah feels like he has to talk like that um, publicly because he has to support him, especially because Zach is still starting. So I look, I, I certainly think it's possible that Zach goes out there on Sunday and plays well against the Raiders defense. That's not very good. It's definitely possible. We saw it happen. If you remember after the Patriots game, people were calling for him to be benched. And then he had the best game of his career against the chiefs. They lost and they've been kind of living off that chiefs game since then. Um, but like, it's, I'm not saying it, I'm not just ruling out the possibility that Zach turns it around this week, but 
based on all the recent evidence and based on what we know and what happened last year, um, it feels like we're exactly in the same spot as we were last year when they went to Mike White. Um, you know, I think going in that, that Patriots game before he got benched, I think there was some thought of the same thing. Like if he's as bad as he was the last time against the Patriots, we probably have to make a move. And then there was all the press conference stuff and all that. But I just don't think that if the Jets are bad against the Raiders, whether that's in the first half or for four quarters, again on offense and Zach is bad, then I don't see any scenario where they can keep him in. If they don't, if Robert Sala wants to maintain this locker room, like I just, and I'm not saying I, like it's a prediction. Like we have to make these predictions. Like I don't, I'm not saying like I 100% think this is going to happen, but I, my gut says that the Jets offense is not going to improve as much as we want them to. And if that's the case, then you'd change the quarterback. So that I don't have a great, like again, and I've been, I've talked about this this week. Um, Like if they win 13 to 10 and Zach is bad, like, do they still bench him? Like I, kind of lean towards yes but i don't know 100 no i think they could probably justify keeping them in but also at the same time you have to look at you're about to go against the bills and dolphins who are both very good teams and those are important games and um narrowly beating the raiders losing to the chargers with the worst pass defense in the nfl barely beating the giants like you're not gonna be able to do the same thing against those teams uh, with a bad offense especially the Char- uh, dolphins because that's a high- i mean i know the jets defense can shut down anybody but that's a really fast, explosive offense. That's going to be hard to contain, contain for anybody. So, I uh, my gut says that we're looking at a different quarterback next week. I don't say that with one hundred percent confidence, but that's that's my prediction. The Chargers' loss, when you look at those two upcoming games, like really stands out even more, right? Because if they were five and four, if they got to six yeah. and four, and then even if you lose to the Dolphins and Bills, they're still six and six. But now it feels like if they really want to stay in this playoff race, they have to beat one of those teams. They already beat Buffalo once, obviously. Yeah. Um, that Dolphins offense, as good as the Jets defense is, knowing that you basically right now have to hold teams to under 14 yep. points if you want a chance to win, it's hard to imagine them holding that Dolphins offense under 14 points. So, man, that's tough. All right, prediction number two, Aaron Rodgers does not return. Debbie yes. Downer here, Zach. <laughs> I I think some of that has to do with this quarterback situation. So it, it's kind of like a classic Jet season where you're shuffling through all these run-of-the-mill guys. But if you bench Zach, you go to Tim Boyle. I, I like Tim Boyle. I think he's a good guy. And I he did look good in the preseason, but um, there's not really evidence of him like being a starting NFL quarterback. So will he be the quarterback for more than a few weeks? Would they go to Trevor Simeon at some point? And you're bouncing through all these guys. Um, and so if you get to the end of the season and they still only have six or seven wins or whatever it is, and they're like mathematically in the playoffs, but it's going to be hard to make it. Like that's kind of where my head's going. I don't see why Rogers would risk it. And even if the jets are in legit playoff contention, I personally don't think it's worth the risk of Rogers coming back to see like, I, I just don't, I just don't see how it's possible that a doctor would clear him after three months after Achilles surgery. That just seems crazy to me. So, um, He's even like I think he's tried to like couch it a little bit recently, especially on McAfee after the Derwin James stuff. You know, he said he still has a lot of stuff he has to do, um, and he keeps emphasizing that they need it needs to like the games need to matter when he comes back. So, you know, what what is like two games of Rodgers and then you're eliminated from playoffs? Is it worth like risking his career, risking your quarterback next year um, for a chance to maybe sneak into the playoffs? Like I just don't see it. I I think Rodgers is smarter than that. I think the Jets know that 
if they put him out there and he gets hurt again, then some jobs are going to be lost. Like, I think that's the severity of it, especially if they like miss the playoffs on top of it. So I, uh, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's on the doctors, I guess, to a sense, but like, yeah. Whew, yeah. Like, the, I, if, well, maybe yeah, there's something I, where if the doctors don't say they're comfortable with him playing, he signs a waiver or something like that. I don't, I don't know. That'd be a technical, technical thing. I don't really understand, but again, I just don't see, a doctor that in their right mind would clear a 39 year old who just had Achilles surgery three months ago. As amazing as whatever he's done has been, he hasn't taken a hit or anything like that. So. All right, let's get away from the quarterbacks Um, on the defensive side. And this one's, here's a positive one, positive predictions. (laughs) Bryce Huff or Jermaine Johnson will get 10 sacks. And they, the two of them are rolling right now. I mean, maybe both of them, honestly. Yeah, that's the thing. So they both have, uh, so Bryce has five sacks, Jermaine has four and a half. So they both project to write around 10 sacks for the season at that pace. But maybe more than that, if you look at the recent pace, like Bryce Huff's, all of Bryce Huff's sacks have come in the last four games, I think. And I think three and a half of Jermaine's have come in those that stretch. They're getting after the quarterback. When the two of them are in there, it's like unstoppable off the edge. Because Jermaine has like the strength and explosiveness. Bryce has the speed off the edge. That has just like been impossible. They, they even threw in a like a, a very fun look where it was Bryce on the edge and Jermaine was on the inside next to him and that, and it worked. So I, I think those two guys are absolute studs and this goes back to the whole pay Bryce off thing. Like his price is going up. I'm getting less confident. They're going to be able to afford him <laughs> at a certain point. Or if you franchise tag a guy like that, I don't know. It's like a really complicated thing. I know they've talked to him finally, Joe Douglas said, but um, yeah, I, I think they should be thankful that they have Bryce off and that Jermaine Johnson is becoming a star. And all of a sudden, that that 2022 draft class just keeps looking crazier and crazier with Jermaine being as good as he is on top of Brees and Garrett being the only redeeming qualities of the offense and and uh and Sauce Gardner obviously is probably gonna make another Pro Bowl. So it's uh yeah, I think those two guys I, I legit think they might both get 10 sacks if they keep playing like they are right now. Next prediction back to the offense, back to kind of a negative one. Dalvin Cook will be released. And I think you put in Dalvin Cook will ask for his release and be granted it. Yeah, so this kind of goes along with my skepticism skepticism that they'll be in contention at the end of the year. And if that's the case, I don't really know what purpose Dalvin Cook serves here. And he's not playing at all. He played like six snaps last week. Um, as we get later in the season, you would think they would finally start giving Izzy Abanaconda a chance. So I, I just think it would make sense. At that point, like you're – you would have like a dead cap hit, but it doesn't really matter. Ultimately it's on your cap sheet anyway. And it's the end of the season. And maybe you save a few hundred thousand dollars by cutting him. Um, but ultimately it's just about getting him out of the building, getting a young guy to play, letting Dalvin Coco sign somewhere else. If he wants to, he doesn't have, he's behind Michael Carter who has not been good either. Like he's not playing at all. So I, at a certain point, I don't know what purpose he serves. I remain on the free Izzy Abanaconda family as, as everybody else is. He hasn't played a single game this year, which Seems crazy considering they have no explosion on offense. Maybe that'll change this week. I don't know. But um, yeah, I would I would bring up Izzy, put down Dalvin, and eventually just mutually agree to part ways. Clearly, Dalvin's not happy here. You made that pretty clear before the deadline, and he's only played less since his comments. So one more prediction. Uh, back to the positive notes. Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall will both get 1,000 yards. Is that 1,000 total yards or receiving and rushing? No, receiving and rushing is where I went, which I don't, I, I should have dug into like when the last time the jets had both at the same time was maybe it was that 
can't remember who the running back was in 2015 when they had that great offense. Um, maybe you can look it up. But yeah, I, they're both currently on pace for that. I think Garrett's numbers are going to get better as the season goes along. Personally, I think, especially if they change quarterbacks, and he's put up numbers with Zach Wilson. Brees Chris is having Ivory, a harder time. Chris Ivory, yeah. Did he have a thousand yards that year though? Checking that now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Brees is having a harder time getting the yards lately, just because everybody knows he's running the ball. But um, I think as long as both those guys stay healthy, I don't see why they wouldn't get that. And if Garrett can keep increasing his workload, I think he has a chance at the Pro Bowl. But he he needs to really pick up the pace because there's some great receivers in the AFC. So. 2015 was Chris Ivory's lone 1,000-yard season in there his you go. career. And well, they had him and Brandon Marshall that year. And his only Pro Bowl. So there you go. That would yeah, have been last so, time. Yeah, so the Jets might get both of them while having one of the worst offenses in the NFL, um, which is pretty remarkable. Because yeah, that year when they did that, they were like they were like 11th in offense that year. which is the It was the time. last time they had a good offense. Yeah, pretty much. And the only time in the last decade that they have. So. All right, previewing the Raiders. It's a yeah. it's an interesting game because obviously the Raiders were a dumpster fire for yeah. much of the season. Um, well documented. Josh McDaniels gets the the team basically turns on him. Um, he gets let go. Antonio Pierce given the interim tag. Then they go out last week. They get a big win. They score thirty points against the Giants. <laughs> against the Giants. What's the Jets um, did not score that many points against the Giants? So. Yeah. And then there's the video from the locker room of all the guys smoking cigars, the music blaring, and it's this whole new vibe there. I don't know if that's a good vibe or not, but it's it's better than than losing and everyone being grumpy. So like here they come, but when you look at the roster, Aiden O'Connell's still the quarterback. I mean, I will say the Jets were raving about him yesterday. Uh well, of course. <laughs> Interestingly though, like it sounds like they did a lot of work on him in the draft process. Like Jeff Ulbrich was saying that Todd Downing sat down with them like for multiple days. Um, and they've used a lot of that information like in preparing for him. They talked about how smart he was. And I'm hearing all this. I'm like, I don't know, kind of sounds like it wouldn't have been the worst idea to draft him this year. They're not playing any of their <laughs> other they're not playing any of their other day three rookies. Like Zaire Barnes is active for the first time this last week, and I don't even know if he played. So um I forget what round McConnell was drafted. I think fourth round or O'Connell. I think it was fourth round. Um and I guess they picked Carter War in that round. But um yeah, I the things that scare you about the Raiders is they have maybe the best running back wide receiver combo in the league. You could argue with Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams. Um, Devonte is an absolute technician. I'm sure having Rogers, I'm sure Rogers has chimed in a little bit this week and Alan Lazard and guys like that. know Devonte Adams and what he can do, even like covering him. He usually finds a way open because he's like such a like amazing route runner. And then Josh Jacobs is just a strong, powerful runner that if you don't tackle him, he's going to, like if you don't tackle him with the right form, he's going to break it. He hasn't had as great of a year. I think he started to pick it up, I th- but I think they're making a concerted effort to feed him and De- Devontae the ball. So um, they just have had some issues against the run some games this year, some tackling issues early in games. Um, they've given up some big plays, but you you think they should be able to handle Aiden O'Connell if they can handle Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and all that stuff. So I'm not as concerned about that. So obviously it's the other side of the ball. Raiders don't have a great defense, but they have Max Crosby. And ultimately, that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at their depth chart on the defense now. I haven't even, frankly, heard of some of these guys. Uh, they do have Marcus Peters, a uh, corner who has a proclivity for pick sixes uh, throughout his career. But their defense doesn't scare you, but neither has a few of the defenses. Zach Wilson is facing, it hasn't mattered. And Max Crosby can wreck a game. So 
it's uh yeah i'm curious to see what kind of game plan they have you know antonio pierce the raiders coach arizona alum by the way uh even though he worked at arizona state but uh he uh he had some comments about like how the jets kind of tell you that they're going to run the ball which like i mean it's it's we all can figure it out when it's going to happen but um first down so i'm 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 curious like what kind of I, <laughs> yeah i'm i'm curious what kind of game plan the raiders bring defensively if they try and blitz him and do it i'm sure wink martindale's uh game plan is something that people are going to look at quite a bit um throwing some exotic pressures and blitzes and stuff like that and, and so I'm, I'm curious how the raiders handle zach wilson and how he handles it coming at him and the jets haven't handled elite defensive guys right like like max cross edge rushers in particular yeah. yeah parsons and like it's been consistently the like those guys who you know are great have great games against the jets um that's been week in and week out this season so that's another challenge for this line um it's interesting on the offense looking into the numbers recently adams uh o'connell only threw for 209 yards last week no touchdowns no interceptions they put up 30 points but there was some defense there was some different things but you know with the quarterback issues they've had Devontae adams is under 60 yards the last five games. So yeah. they, you know, they're trying to get him the ball, but it's the Jets are trying to get Garrett the ball, right? Like it's yeah. it's harder to do than that. And then and then Jacobs on the ground similarly has has had his struggles. I think he had 98 yards last week and two touchdowns, but it, it yeah. was hard work getting there. Um against because a good I Giants. I don't think their I don't think their O line is great either. So right. they're kind of a mess. It's kind of like crazy looking at the roster that how bad of a job their GM did, frankly. <laughs> this is really going to be a telling. I said it last week, I think. It's a game the Jets should win. Can they go out and do it on a Monday night? But this is a game against a team that just isn't a... I mean, the Chargers, Chargers have Justin was Herbert, a game so we like, felt yeah. they could win, but the Chargers were in the playoff race, right? Like, they're a yeah. team you look at and be like, they could get hot and, and make a run into the playoffs. The Raiders are not that. The Raiders are playing out the string see if Aiden see if Antonio Pierce is the guy like figure some things out and go into next year so it's just a different animal um and a key test for the Jets because if you I mean this is the one where if you don't win this one just punt yeah I will say did you see like all the stories coming out about the end of Josh McDaniel's tenure like some crazy stuff like about how he had like an airing of the grievances meeting and he had Antonio Pierce stand up and say something and Pierce said something about how the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl and yeah. played for them and then and and then Josh McDaniels pulled him aside. He's like, don't ever talk about the Patriots like that. Like he just like the quintessential like um Patriots hard ass wannabe Belichick guy. And I, I covered Joe Judge. Like it's just Same like thing. Yeah. It's just amazing these guys and I can't imagine anyone from that tree is gonna get a job outside of New England. Like maybe Jared Mayo replaces Belichick when he leaves. I don't know, but that seems um, to be, yeah, yeah. But I, I just these guys every single time they, they do not know. Like, Vrabel is pa- the only Vrabel yeah. is the only one. Not, right? not even Patriots, not even just Patriots guys. Like in general, when coaches try and be a hard ass at a new location when they have accomplished nothing as a head coach or they didn't play in the NFL, like it, it's not going to work. It just won't. Like players are not don't want to be treated like they're in high school if you haven't earned the ability to yell at them like that. Like Belichick has earned the right to coach the way he does. And even that's not working anymore. And but these Belichick's guys, like, not like he, 
he's not a hard ass in that way. Well, he, well I mean? he, and like in the he way he like rules. Yeah, he has rules. Yeah, structured rules. You yeah. Don't well, these guys, rules. these guys are do that, and they're hard asses too. Like right. Joe, I, I covered Joe Judge. I once saw him after thirty minutes into a practice decided to start from the beginning because he didn't like the effort they were giving, which I had never seen before. He had guys running laps. He had them hitting each other like early in. Um, in like the off season, which was like a real controversial thing because a guy got hurt doing it. Like it's like high school. Yeah. Uh, and the flip side is you have, you know, a lot of training camps these days, like the giants and jets who they don't even like hit each other really. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, the modern NFL coaches like that are just not going to work unless you're somebody who has earned your right to like talk to people like that, which why the urban Meyer thing was an absolute disaster. Cause he thought he was a, he, he thought he was hot shit when he got to the NFL and he was not hot shit and the players did not respect him. And he was like, the stories about him with the Jaguars were crazy too. Um, That's an all time great. Uh, the athletic article. Yeah, that was a great you one. Go back I, and check out for a while, for a while after it was like that article. Sometimes I'm sure you see this too on like Facebook and Instagram or whatever. Sometimes like stories will be advertised to us. And that one was always coming up like for a long time. I think this was true for a while. I don't know if it's still the case, but there was for a long time that urban Meyer article was the most read article in oh, the wow. history of the athletic. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hopefully the jets don't have a big enough disaster for that kind of stuff to happen, but I will write about it if they do. <laughs> you wrote enough last year at the end of the year, huh? Yeah. On seriously. What, what kind of went awry. So, um, Oh, you know what? I didn't prep the, the picks here. Hold on. I forgot my Thursday pick again. I say Brian Sternberg just had an interesting thing. I haven't looked at this yet this season. The New York times is a playoff predictor, which uh, we are employed by the New York times technically. So I guess I should know that. Uh, he estimates the Jets' chances of making the playoffs are at 20%. A win over the Raiders raises it to 24, and a loss only drops it to 19, which is is pretty interesting. Say those again? Lot. Basically saying that if they their chance to make the playoffs are at 20%. If they lose, it's only drops to 19. If they win, it jumps to 24. So like a loss doesn't – I got you. In terms of the predictor, doesn't like make a huge difference, though I think that doesn't factor in the, the moral and the – and like the emotional side of things. Much. Yeah, that's just the uh, yeah. the statistics the of yeah. it all and the math and that it's not a division game and they still have division games in front of them and all that stuff. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, all right, let's take a look at the standings. These are the picks, weekly picks brought to you by BetMGM. We thank our partners for that. That's where we're getting the lines as well. Um, still a two-way right race in front. Uh, new leader, though, new Nidge Megan Net Jets was not in the lead last week, but ESS was. So it's still two in front with 71 uh, total correct answers out of 120. That's a solid prediction, just yeah. under 60. And I think that's actually up. I think the leader last week was 57%. So 
I'm trying so to get if one, over if, one of, if one of them break through, I'll have to have them on. Yep. Yep. And then we scroll down a little bit. Zach forgets Thursday, so I'm not sure where he is. <laughs> you have a better percentage uh, than I do. I'm a few. Of see, that's the thing. I, I'm yeah. down here with 57, but I do have the good 53% because I forgot an entire week. <laughs> you might be up, your, in the, uh, up high in the standings if not for that mistake. You're 59, just under 50%. Yeah. Yeah, based on my percentage, I'd be right around P makings here with 64, P7 back. But anyway, um, good stuff. Let's look into this week's games. Last night I got right, Zach. I took Carolina plus three and a half, and they won by three in an awful game. It was I think, a very I, w- jet- I, think I would have picked that. Game. I think I would have picked that too if I had done it because I I don't I think the Bears are. I mean, they won. I guess so. I can't really criticize them that much, but they're not very good either. It was not a it was not a good football game. Yeah, Man, I was I was a, I was I was seeing a movie Carolina. by myself. My girlfriend was out of town, so it was a good opportunity for me to go see the Marvels, the new Marvel movie that came out. So I saw that last night instead of watching. Was it good? Bad football. Quick, quick thumbs okay. up, thumbs down. It was, it was okay. like middle, middle thumb, I would say, which is progress for recent MCU stuff. So one interesting from that that Carolina Chicago game, it was in the Pulse this morning. Was um, Chicago has Carolina's pick? Yeah, so they helped so their first pick. Yeah, there was extra value in the victory for the Bears <laughs> because yeah. right now that could be the number one pick again. So the Bears had the number one pick traded it away to Carolina, dropped back, got this year's number, could have this year's number one pick, and yeah. Carolina ended up with Bryce Young, who there's reason for worry about yeah. Bryce Young. Especially with how good C.J. Stroud has been. Yeah, so that's fascinating as far as that game goes and like the underlying yeah. draft stuff and where they stand. Um, all right, let's go. Where do we want to dig in here? It's not as great a, a week as it was uh, last week. San Francisco, Jacksonville. That's a really good, good game. Um, I get the Niners minus three and a half. So do I. Yeah. Actually, the the, Ra- the Ravens Browns. I mean, I maybe that's I should another stop big betting, one. I should stop betting against the Ravens because they've just been dominating lately. But I think the Browns defense is good enough. To, and those games are always ugly. I feel like between those two. So I think plus six and a half the Browns can hit. Um, that's probably the biggest game of the week if you take into account it's a division matchup. Yeah. I mean, how about how about the line on you you texted us about this last night. Yeah. I forgot to respond, but how about the line on the Cowboys Giants game? 17 and a half. That's the biggest I've seen in a long time. I know. And I took the Giants because I just don't believe in that. I picked the Cowboys just because Tommy DeVito is playing quarterback. So. No, I know. Well, and that's why the spread is that, right? It's, yeah. So he's the 10th rookie. That will start a game. This yeah, year. it's a record yeah, for the NFL history, 10, which yeah. is crazy. And this was viewed uh, as not like a a great quarterback class. I felt, I felt like, or at least not like after the initial guys. Well, Tommy DeVito is not. Yeah, yeah, he's not drafted either. I mean, so. really, the I guess well, so Stroud has looked great, obviously. Richardson looked and good Levis, before he got hurt. Richardson looked good before he got hurt. Levis oh, looked Le- good. Levis has looked good. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a good we'll quarterback class. Yeah. We'll see how Aiden O'Connell looks this week. And the guy who went number one is, you know, doesn't look the great. worst. But I mean, there's the still... guy, and then an undrafted rookie beat him last night in Tyson Bajan. So. Oh yeah, and Bajan, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, and, and the Jets line it seems like has moved. They're uh, a half a point underdogs. I feel like they were favored at first, weren't they? Maybe I made. That I up. only looked at this yesterday afternoon, and they were half okay. point underdogs, but they may have been favored early yeah. in the week so like it's it's game. pretty much a pick them at this point or i guess if you factor in home field advantage the jets are favored but um yeah, yeah. i'm taking the jets i i don't feel good about this yeah. game at all i mean i guess i can say my prediction here like 
I don't feel good about my prediction for this game, but what I've been saying is Jets 13, Raiders 10. Like I kind of alluded to, like I feel like it's in like an ugly win where you're like, crap, do we make a change or not? And I said 17-13, which isn't much different. Yeah. I, but the, I'll say this about 17-13. The only, I think the only way they get to 17 is if the defense gets turnover deep. To, basically gives them one touchdown. And then, yeah. Which we talked about on Tuesday, the fact that this defense now has this mindset that we they shouldn't score, need yeah. to have, that they have to score every week. Yeah. Um, that may be the case. That they I guess. May, let's see. Do, maybe they get a defensive touchdown, and that's the thirteen to ten win right there. Is it, it's a defensive touchdown and two Greg Zerline field goals. If that's the case, you got to change the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If the defense is your offense, you're in trouble. Somebody joked yeah, earlier. Defense they should outscores punt. the offense. Somebody joked earlier they should just punt it on first down. And if the defense is the offense, maybe that's the right move. I don't know. <laughs> the the only problem with that is the guys need a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. They play they 120 need three, plays. They need a three and out in order to get some oxygen on the sideline. Yeah, like they play like a, that's like a college game. I remember I covered an Arizona game where their quarterback threw like 70 times or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's I think it's going to be an ugly one. Maybe, they, maybe again, if they were going to surprise me, this would be the week to do it because I don't think the Raiders are good and they're kind of like riding the high of last week. So, you know, they can kind of get put on their ass a little bit this week. Um, that does feel like last week was just that. Every if time the, a coach, I think if if, if it was if it was day last day. week, if the Jets played the Raiders after they fired McDaniel's, I 100 percent would have picked the Raiders. I teams firing a coach, it seems like almost every time the week after they fire him, they play their best game of the season. Then things kind of even out after that. Sometimes mm-hmm. the Raiders went like five and three with Rich, Rich uh, Bisaccia or whatever the last time they fired Gruden, um, but they're getting them the week after that, which is like the come down. So I'm very curious to in Taylor Dicado, it was uh, Anu Solomon who who threw 70 times, not Khalil Tate who barely threw it um that's an arizona reference for only like the one person who knows what i'm talking about but um <laughs> yeah so that's that's my guy i i'm excited to go to the stadium by the way I'm, i'll give you guys my report yeah. on the stadium because the top of the list of the ones i haven't seen um i think i'll be in, it looks I like in, along with sofi it looks like the coolest stadiums i think i'm in single digits for stadiums i haven't been to just for shits and gigs i want to i want to see the ones that i haven't been to let's see i haven't been to cincinnati baltimore um houston i haven't technically covered a game at the cold stadium though i've been there for the combine i have not been to vegas yet um i have not been to detroit carolina yeah and san francisco so i think that's less than 10 carolina cincinnati and baltimore are very cookie cutter Boring. Yeah, I know that I could have went to the Carolina one when they were there for the preseason, but I had a wedding to go to. So I te- that's probably the last. And that one's going to get they're either they're putting a ton of money into it or they're getting a new one. Right. Carolina, I believe. One of the oh, are they? I didn't even realize that. I think so. All right. I think that's going to do it. Do we miss anything? I think we hit everything. All right. We will see Sunday night under the lights again. Well, under the dome in in True. Vegas, but near the lights of Las Vegas. Check out the sphere when you're there. Is yeah, I was about to say. I think my it. hotel is my hotel is right by it, so I'll be able to see see it pretty well. I think. Yeah, get some pictures up on social. That thing is awesome. Maybe they'll have Chris Traveler uh, showing up on it. Maybe he'll be like the the photo. I mentioned I was there for summer league. It was a basketball that whole week. It was just oh, this nice. giant basketball effect that you <laughs> could so see weird, from yeah. everywhere. It was really cool. Um, so en- enjoy that and uh, come back safe. All right. Thanks. All right. That's going to do it for the Can't Wait podcast. We'll talk to everybody early next week with a recap of this Raiders game. <laughs>
and I get back on track again. 